No one ever said you had to give up style to be a green diva. Or dude, check out this Green Diva's eco-style segment for all the latest trends in sustainable, ethical, gorgeous eco-style. Well, I'm really glad we finally get a chance to speak to Star Vartan. Did I say that right, Star? I know you just told me, and for some reason I feel like I screwed it up. No, that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She's the founder and editor of EcoChick.com, and we love her work. And we're going to talk to her today a bit about eco-fashion and, you know, some interesting statistics to help us understand why it's more important than you think to consider buying organic clothing and responsibly made clothing. So tell us tell us a little bit about how this this topic came to you, Star. Well, this is a topic I've been covering for quite some time. The um, advantages of eco-fashion are many, of course. Probably the biggest advantage is to the workers who are creating our clothing. So those people are exposed to... Um, about 500 and, there's about 550 types of dyes that contain about 3,000 chemicals. Oh my gosh! Contain, um, you know, carcinogens, hormone disruptors, heavy metals, all that you know, fabulous stuff that we've done a pretty good job of uh, eliminating, outlawing, or at least minimizing in the United States. But you know, other countries where most of our clothes are made, they're not doing such a great job. Um, they may have laws on the books uh, to outlaw these things or to minimize their use, but, you know, you can have a law in the books and it always depends on whether that law is actually enforced, right? Right, so right. If, if one of these countries has the law, awesome, but is it being enforced? And that's something that Greenpeace has looked at and kind of has found to be, even in the West, something that is not checked into as closely as we would all like. And so... We have these people who are creating the clothing, um, being exposed to these chemicals. You know, mothers, oftentimes young women. And sometimes children, right? Yes, yes. And and places where it's, you know, the worst, you know, little kids whose bodies are still developing. Um, So, you know, one of the strongest arguments for eco-fashion is um, making sure that these chemicals are reduced or eliminated. and, you know, we vote with our dollars, so how can we vote more effectively to protect these people in other countries? Um, you know, there's labor rights violations like we saw with Rana Plaza and actual um, fires happening and building collapses and things like that, which is, of course, you know, safety sort of encompasses more than just toxic chemicals. But, you know, toxic chemicals are a little bit more insidious. They're a little bit less sort of sexy in terms of, yeah. you know, you don't have a big dramatic event around which to focus. No, you just have people who are getting very ill over a period of time, maybe dying young, having um, children that have all kinds of problems. I mean, really, it's it's very sad. Yeah, and and these are places also where record-keeping about people being affected by toxic chemicals may not be great, and health care may be minimal or not available at all. So, you know, tracking this stuff isn't even very easy. So yeah, so this is something that most people don't think about when they're buying a T-shirt or a, you know, pair of jeans. They're like, "Hey, man, you know, how 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 does it fit me, and you know, what does it cost?" Exactly. And so these are literally hidden costs. These are costs we're not going to see. And 
these are things we should absolutely be thinking about, and this is why eco-fashion does matter. Oftentimes, those of us that, who, who are involved in doing this work are told that this is sort of a frivolous thing, and, you know, with fashion being the third largest industry in the world yeah. um, and, and having a huge impact on people, especially in countries where there are few or no regulations, um, it, it's definitely the furthest thing from frivolous. Right, right. No, and uh, if it were your children or your daughters that were in that field getting sick and, you know, whatever, you you would care and you would think it's not frivolous at all. Yeah, and interestingly, that's kind of where some of the, the best pushback is coming from. Um, so the last few years, Greenpeace was part of their detox campaign, which is an international campaign that's really fantastic in terms of getting down to the nitty-gritty of what's in our clothes, including, you know, the clothes that, that we, you and me, and anyone shopping um, at regular, you know, uh, let's see here, Burberry, Disney, Gap, H&M, Nike, Puma, Uniqlo are some of the brands that um, Greenpeace has found that actually did have high levels of toxic chemicals in their finished products as well. Oh, so, in the finished you know, products. Not just affecting, yeah, not just affecting the people who are making it and obviously their water supplies that are getting polluted with this junk, um, but also potentially us. And so all of a sudden now we're, you know, paying a little bit more attention. Um, so, you know, I, I had been having a conversation with friends, with a friend about organic foods, you know, how and why has this been so successful and eco-fashion hasn't. And, you know, she said, it's a great argument to make that these people are being poisoned, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, you could make that same argument for organic food. And I posited that the reason that organic food, besides having a longer track record, I mean, right. people have really been focused on organics for a good 40 years. And, and, you know, let's not forget those people in the 60s and 70s who made an incredible foundation for all of the good stuff that's happening now. But, you know, it's, so eco-fashion doesn't quite have that. Um, but it does have the other aspect, which is I'm putting this potentially hazardous thing in my body right. um, when you're eating a food, as opposed to I'm putting this potentially hazardous thing on my body, which <laughs> is a piece of clothing, right? Right. And people think, well, gee, that's probably not that big of a deal. Um, but it is. Uh, so there are legal safety limits for um, clothing and shoes and accessories that are imported to the U.S. Um, and, you know, other Western countries. Uh, but mostly those, those legal limits uh, on chemicals are found to be exceeded often. And, you know, of course, like everything, only a small proportion are ever tested to yeah, begin with. Right. Um, a really good example is that children's shoes from China intercepted at Seattle were found to contain three times the acceptable amount of lead. Um, and think about, you know, especially things that go close to your body, especially things like shoes. Yeah. You're, you know, you're wearing those, you're sweating. That is absolutely, you know, going um, into your skin, which is your body's largest organ, yep. and right into your body. Um, wow. So what I'm trying to get to here is that maybe we can convince people, if we can't convince them that they should care about eco-fashion because of people in far-off right. countries potentially getting ill, um, maybe we can, like organic foods, convince them on the selfish angle. This might hurt you or your kids, especially. Uh, children wear a lot of this real junky 
um, cheap stuff right. is directed, no, uh, like even no. phthalates, which we know are, are bad. I mean, phthalates are, are very commonly found in kids' clothing, all the plastic decals and plastic accessory thingies on, like, a shirt. Oh, um, yeah. You know, we've outlawed them in, in some stuff for babies and kids, and then, you know, we may be dressing them in phthalate-laden clothing. So, <laughs> Wow. Um, well, this is really, I'm really glad you're, you're paying attention to this and helping us to understand it. I know uh, if folks go to EcoChick, they'll see lots of great information, ecochick.com, right? Yes. And I think you're going to do a post for us about this to go along with this podcast, which I'm really excited to see the post because I know you've got a lot of good information for us. Great. Yeah, I'd be happy to share, and I'll, I'll have links to, you know, the Screenpeace campaign and sort of what's happening. There are slowly changes being made to some of these regulations, but we've got to keep the pressure on us. Well, yeah, and let's do it. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thanks Th- so much, Meg. Thanks, Star. Want to have sexy Green Diva style, too? And learn more about low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green? Visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.